listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is a live Coffee Hour I know, today. We're actually in the live studio. We've been juggling so many schedules, <laughs> pre-recording so much. Uh, actually, live today. I'm excited because what's coming up in like it's like less, two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's like less than twenty days. Like what, eighteen days or something? That's like so that. crazy. Um, the LCMS Youth Gathering taking place in Houston. I'm getting very excited though. Me too, uh, because we've been doing all the prep and everything. Yeah. So it's making me think about what's going to happen with about twenty thousand people. It's going to be so gathering fun. together. Technically, this is the largest gathering the largest lcms gathering in the in the lcms that's pretty awesome yeah we get to be there i know i'm super excited (laughs) uh and so we're going to study god's word today with one of the theological advisors for the lcms youth gathering thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon joining us today dr peter nafsker he's associate professor of practical theology and director of student life at concordia seminary in st louis and theological advisor for the lcms youth gathering dr nafsker thanks for joining us today it's great to be here. We are looking forward to digging into God's word. Before we even do that, um, we, we know what a professor does at Concordia Seminary. We have an idea of what that does, <laughs> but what does a theological advisor for the youth gathering do? Oh, that's a great question. It, it's, uh, th- as you know, the National Youth Gathering is a, is a pretty uh, complicated event. Mm. 20,000 youth and adults takes two and a half years to plan. Uh, the way the whole process begins, it began two and a half years ago in January with a group of about 20 people, some youth, some adults, pastors, teachers, DCs, trying to select a theme for the gathering. And so we met, met for several days and looked at youth culture today, what's going on in the world. We looked at the scriptures and we tried to come up with a way to articulate the gospel in a way that's helpful to to kids today. And so what what comes out of that meeting is a is a theme and a Bible verse in all things is the name of this gathering. And the scripture passage is Colossians 1, 15 to 20. From there, the theological advisor, and, and this time we had a theological advisory team. There were four of us originally. Uh, we went to work and studied Colossians very carefully and looked at our culture and tried to make some connections and then produced um, a theological development study that then has shaped basically all the planning of the gathering since then. Um, we, we've put together about a 15-page study of culture and Colossians. And then at the planning meetings, uh, one of us theological advisors would present, kind of go a little bit deeper, a little bit further uh, into one of those areas. And then uh, as the gathering has progressed, uh, several of the advisors, uh, Joel Lambauer from the CTCR and myself, have worked very closely with uh, Joel has worked with the mass event side, the, the big gathering where everybody comes together each evening. And he's been kind of the on the ground theological advisor for that team. And I've been kind of on the ground theological advisor for the Bible study team, the convention center team, all the things that go on in the convention center. And so the, the theological advisory short answer to your question <laughs> is we, we provide kind of a, the guidance theologically for how how we should all be headed in the same direction. And then we, along the way, help guide and shape and consult and advise and, and uh, offer whatever help we can as we go along. 
It's a very good thing to have all of those those uh, wise theological minds behind all of the the things that happen at the gathering. I know there's there's so much that goes into planning this. So uh, I'm sure it's it's exciting for you also to see kind of the fruits of your labor coming around, uh, especially as we're going to be in Houston in just a few weeks, which is super exciting. <laughs> yeah, what's really neat to see is there's about two. I think there's about 200 planners who put this thing together. And, and these are very talented DCEs and pastors and uh, lay leaders uh, who come together and they've got great ideas. And, and our job as theological advisors is just to kind of be helpful to them and let them, let them do their job in a way that, that uh, keeps us all moving in the same direction. Yeah. Can you unpack the, the theme a little bit more? I'm very interested now with the, the connection to culture that you were, uh, that you were looking for and that you were uh, trying to connect with these Bible passages. Can you uh, go into that just a little bit more? <clears throat> yeah, the, we take really seriously the context in which we live, you know, and that, you know, whether you're Paul on Mars Hill or writing to the Galatians or Peter writing to the, the church uh, uh, that's steeped in the Roman Empire, uh, Christians, teachers, preachers have always taken very seriously the culture in which we live so that we can speak faithfully in a way that has impact and, and can be understood. Everybody knows today the church is entering, uh, it, it's been entering for a little while now, but it is in a new context. Uh, we can call it post-Christendom, post-church, post-Christian. Um, there's all sorts of ways people talk about it, but there's no question that uh, the, the society in which we live is less friendly toward Christianity than it's been in a very long time in the Western world, at least. And so as, as we take seriously this context, we have to recognize that Christianity is not the only game in town when it comes to worldviews, beliefs, religious uh, ideas and, and feelings. Um, and so we realize our kids are growing up in, in this post-Christendom world where there's all sorts of different accounts of how everything fits together and, and trying to help kids navigate that and, and be faithful as, as Lutherans, as Christians, is is really kind of a challenge. And so what we wanted to do with this gathering is we wanted to back up and and say, well, what is what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, it's not just to believe one or two certain things. Um, it's not just to believe, for instance, that the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, there are people who believe the Bible is the Word of God who are very far from Christianity. Um, it's not just to believe that Jesus uh, died and rose, although that's central, um, it's not just to believe that uh, we're saved by grace through faith. That's also a crucial to, uh, to the Christian belief. But, but really, when it comes down to it, Christianity affects and impacts all things, absolutely everything, <laughs> from beginning to the end of uh, the story of the world, to every aspect of my life, to every person, every, every aspect of creation, everything is um, involved in our Christian faith. And so we, we could kind of, in a way, uh, look at it like we, we want to help kids see that everything they do, every relationship they have, every idea they encounter um, is under the lordship of Jesus uh, and fits within our Christian faith. Uh, so that that necessarily requires that we go kind of big, <laughs> that we're, we're this is not a, a niche gathering. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a big theme that leaves nothing out. 
But our God is not a just a niche God. He's a big <laughs> God. I mean, the, his word is very clear about that. So uh, the, the text for this, at least where the theme comes from, is from Colossians, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, to, listen, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Let me just, <laughs> no, let me just read Colossians 1. I get excited about this stuff. Yeah, this is like our, our planning means. <laughs> that's you know, why we're here. Kind of, kind of <laughs> it. Um, so, so Colossians 1.15, as we were talking about these things in our initial planning meeting, we were just reading sections of scripture. We were in small groups as individuals, as a bigger group. And we were thinking about how do we help kids see that every aspect of their life is, is, uh, is shaped and normed and guided by Jesus. And we came across Colossians 1, 15 to 20. Let me just read these verses and notice the, the, the scope of what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about Jesus and he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. I just notice what, what Paul's saying there. Jesus is the one through whom all things were made. Jesus is the one who holds all things together. Uh, All the fullness of God dwells in him. He reconciles all things to himself, um, making peace by the blood of his cross. And and you get this idea that there's nothing that you can leave out. There's nothing left out under the, under the, the, the gracious redemption of God in Christ, uh, all of creation is held together and is, is coming to being through Jesus. And, and so this, this scope that Paul gives us, uh, of course, the, the challenge then when you start talking about all things is you can't talk about everything <laughs> in five days. <laughs> and so one of the challenges that the, the team has had is to try to, okay, how do we narrow this down? Um, but one, one, way, one way that I've, I'd like to talk about it when we've had our planning meetings is to... Uh, to look at it like this. Um, when we talk about all things, that means also uh, all people. As Christians, we can be tempted to think, well, this is what I believe, and this is what my my church believes, and this is what my family believes, and it's important for me, but who am I to tell other people what they should believe, right? Um, and so we're tempted to, to kind of uh, circle the wagons just a little bit and not be too concerned about all other people. Hmm. When we say in all things, we mean this is true not only for you and for me, but it's true for everybody. And, and that, that drives the, the mission of the church uh, to reach all nations uh, and teach them all things God has commanded. And so there's kind of a, a universal scope to all people that we really want to make sure youth understand. I think that's, I mean, you guys have a pulse on these things. I, I think youth today... Uh, my read is that there are, uh, at least in our church, in uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, there's a lot of youth who feel strongly about what they believe, but they, they don't really want to force it upon someone else um, mm-hmm. because that doesn't seem to be kind of culturally appropriate anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
I like how he assumes that we have a pulse on these things. Right, so I know. Thank you for assuming that, but We're such giving us more, more credit than we do, <laughs> than we deserve. We have more to, to chat about as we take a look at the theme and the, the Bible study for the LCMS Youth Gathering coming up July 9th through the 13th in so Houston, soon. Texas. We are talking with Dr. Peter Nafsker, Associate Professor of Practical Theology and Director of Student Life at Concordia Seminary St. Louis, also a theological advisor for the LCMS Youth Gathering. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment where we'll dig in more here on the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth On this Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Bob and Michelle Pierrette of Ventura, California. Bob and Michelle made a gift to KFUO Radio in celebration, honor, and appreciation of Pastor Todd Niebling for answering the call to be their new pastor at St. John's Lutheran Church in Oxnard, California. Thank you, Bob and Michelle Pierrette, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. The images of the war in Ukraine that have filled our screens over the last few months have left many people wondering, how do we address this as Lutherans? How do we think about war? How does the church or can the church speak to the state at such a time? Well, if you've asked such questions, you need to pick up the June-July issue of The Lutheran Witness. There we ask and answer these very questions. To find out more, visit cph.org slash witness or our website witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are digging into the Word of God today with Dr. Peter Nafsker, Associate Professor of Practical Theology and Director of Student Life at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis and Theological Advisor for the LCMS Youth Gathering. We are looking at Colossians chapter 1 today, uh, the theme for the gathering in all things. So before we went to the break, Dr. Nafsker, you were just starting to unpack this text for us from Colossians chapter 1, in all things that... You said it so well, I can't even repeat it. So, I know. <laughs> um, but so I, if you're all right with this, I'd like to dig into some of the key phrases that come up in this text, just in the verses 15 through 20. Can we do that? Yeah, sure. And, and actually kind of that's what we did for the gathering as we as we started to plan these things. There's, there's really kind of three main themes that we drew out of this text as we tried to put things together. Um, the first one is, is that uh, God in Christ... Uh, creates all things um and 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 we don't want to get stuck on questions like how long did it take or you know just by speaking his word you know talking about genesis kind of uh, stuff genesis one that's really important and and crucial stuff Uh, but we want to think about not only how he creates all things or he created all things but he continues to create all things he continues to not only create all things he continues to hold all things together and so if you, if you look at Colossians 1.17, uh, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. This idea that um, creation is continually held together uh, by Jesus. Uh, we only continue to exist. We continue to live uh, because he's holding his creation together. Uh, that's a, 
that's a much broader view of God as creator uh, than sometimes we think about. Um, and, and so we want to help the, the, the young people recognize, yes, God created all things in the beginning and he continues to hold it all together. He continues to create each new life uh, is, is his work. And, and th- not only that, as we start to thinking about his creation, then the recreation uh, that comes about through his word, uh, through his promises and the sacraments, um, the, the recreation, the, the restoration of all things that will come when Jesus returns. And so this first kind of general theme that we try to draw to this text is that, um, is that as creator and as, as the instrument of creation, Jesus is kind of beginning, middle, and end, and he holds everything together, and he's holding you together. Uh, young people. He's he's holding you, uh, the one whom he has created in his own image. He keeps you together as well. Mm-hmm. And so that first big theme is, uh, is uh, in all things, looks at kind of all of creation. Uh, the, the second theme that, that comes out of there, it really comes out of, of verse 20. Uh, we'll, I'll back up to verse 19. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile, reconcile to himself all things. Um, and so the second main idea is this idea of reconciling all things. Uh, this is where it's, it, it gets to be kind of interesting. As Lutherans, we're pretty, we, we tend to be pretty uh, focused on and, and we rejoice in the fact that God has reconciled me to himself. He has reconciled me as a sinner. He has forgiven me in Christ. He has granted me faith as a pure gift uh, to restore him to himself. But that reconciliation I have with God does not um, have, have, it's, it's not only limited to my relationship with God. He reconciles me to others as well. And that's where the church comes into this, uh, that God, God reconciles us and he brings us together and, and our relationships with each other actually really matter now, uh, because he reconciles us with one another as we confess our sins to each other. And as we forgive one another, and as we live together as his body, the church. And as I mentioned before the break, uh, this church that is actively seeking to reconcile all people to God and to us uh, to bring people into the church as they're reconciled with the Father. And so this the, that's the second. So you got reconciliation. And then the third one, which in some ways is kind of implicit in the first two, is that Jesus reigns in all things. Uh, this comes out of verse 19 or verse 18. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Uh, he reigns over all things as the firstborn from the dead. Of course, we know he reigns because he rose. Um, if Jesus had just stayed dead, then he would have been just like any other um, self-proclaimed prophet, but he rose from the dead. This is first Corinthians 15. He rose from the dead and that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that shows he reigns over death. He reigns over all things. He is preeminent over all things. Um, also in the church, sometimes we forget that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get a little stressed out um, as if Jesus isn't in charge of his church. Well, he's in charge. Uh, we just don't always understand what he's doing. <laughs> um, but, but the, this last one actually is, is really kind of a, like I said, you know, you almost need a whole youth gathering to unpack a lot of these. And we have so there's morning Bible studies that look at these three main themes. There's more there's evening mass events that that try to help 
young people visualize these things. But then throughout the day, there's sessions and activities to, to go deeper and deeper. And one of the areas that really begs to go deeper and deeper on this one is that Jesus reigns in all things, even the, the things that we would consider not good. Mm. Uh, and, and that's if he does hold all things together, then he's holding together the things that are, are hard for us too. Mm -hmm. uh, the struggles that we have and the the pain that we experience. And, and this is where sometimes we talk about a theology of the cross um, where um, God behaves in ways that we don't fully understand. Um, he shows him his glory and suffering. That doesn't make sense to us. Um, and he, he reigns by in ways hiding himself. And, and that can be really stressful and really hard whenever there are other competing worldviews and competing stories, competing narratives that people that might even make more sense, quote unquote, uh, based on what we see. And we want we want kids to understand that the, the message of the gospel, the biblical gospel, is that Christ reigns even when it doesn't look like it. Mm. Um, and then help kids think through what that looks like in their life. Mm -hmm. So those three themes are kind of ones we drew out of there. The creator, the reconciler, and the one who reigns. Uh, in all things. Uh, and then from there, it's just a matter of helping each kid reflect on what does that look like in their lives. Mm -hmm. There is so much meat in this, and I have about 10 questions, and we have like six minutes. So I'm just going to pick one, and we're going we're gonna to run with it. Uh, I, I, oh, which one do I pick? I, I appreciate how... Um, what you're saying about the reconciliation, I think uh, spot on about how we, we do emphasize that we are reconciled with Christ. And that is a, that is a good thing, but we, we then sometimes can miss the reconciliation, the, the recreation of all things new in, in Christ. Can you unpack that one a, a little bit more about what that means for us, that all things are reconciled in him? Yeah, I mean, it, it gets to, um, of course, our relationship with God, but then our relationship with one another as the body of Christ. You know, the scriptures are chock full. Paul all over the place talks about forgive one another. You know, Lord's Prayer, forgive as you have been forgiven. Um, we, as Christians, we are reconcilers. Um, we are we are people who are, we are humble. We confess our sins to one another. We forgive one another. We support and encourage one another. We bear with one another. We rejoice together. We mourn together. Uh, one of the things that, that I've tried to bring to the gathering as much as I can, I've tried to bring it, frankly, to the seminary too, and my teaching is the need to, to take seriously the, the Christian existence as a communal existence, that we are together as the body of Christ. And we should be treating each other differently than the world treats people. Um, we should be, um, uh, when, when people think of Christians, they should think of, well, man, those are forgiving people. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure that's always the way we get portrayed in, in society. And I'm not sure that's the way we always interact with one another uh, in our love for the truth. Sometimes we can um, sacrifice some love uh, for one another. And so to think about it, we want to challenge kids to be reconcilers uh, who have been reconciled to their father, uh, whether that be with their friends or with their families. Uh, a lot of families have a lot of trauma and a lot of difficulty. And so we want them to think about uh, the reconciliation they have with God in Christ every Sunday as we confess our sins, receive absolution. Uh, that spills out, it flows out into every aspect of our lives. And so at, at school, uh, our, our kids are, are the ones who are peacemakers. They're reconcilers. They're, they're forgivers. 
um, with their friend groups on their teams and their homes. Uh, that's what we want to uh, encourage and inspire and, and challenge the kids to um, to participate in the reconciliation they've been given in Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe one more question. We have like three minutes Two left. Two and a half. Two and a half minutes. So hopefully this isn't a doozy. But I noticed the the repetition of the word firstborn. Is there a relationship between firstborn of creation and firstborn of the dead? Yeah, I mean, in, in a way, uh, there's a yeah, that is a, that's a, there's a lot we could talk about there. <laughs> but the the firstborn of Jesus from the dead is what is what shows and demonstrates and confirms and anticipates everything else. Um, so uh, we lean on something like First uh, Corinthians 15, where if Christ isn't risen, then we're all still in our sins and our preaching is in vain, and, and this is a big waste of time. Mm. But Christ is risen. Um, and, and when we recognize that he's risen, then, then we have to uh, account for everything he says, everything he does, uh, then is from God. And so we think about him as the, the one who not only was the, uh, the one who uh, conquers death, but then he vindicates himself. His, what he said about himself, he and his father won before Abraham was, I am. And all these things that he said about himself in relation to creation then is vindicated by his resurrection. And so I think that's probably as much as we can do right now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the central place of the resurrection is really key here, uh, that, that he is the one who it really shows his reign, his power, his might, his preeminence. And then from there we go back and see it throughout the entire story. So I have a few more questions by few, I mean about probably 20. Um, we'll just have to find so you at the gathering. That's, that was my next question. Where, where will we find you at the gathering? <laughs> well, actually, you know, one of the things that we do at the gathering is we have a, a session for uh, any kids who want to attend that I'm, I'm going to lead. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I want to run it. I might just have it be an open question session. Oh, boy. We talk about the implications of these things. And I, I don't certainly don't have every answer. Um, but uh, but it does raise a lot of questions and and which is good. Of course, we want kids thinking about Jesus in relation to everything in their lives. So we want to encourage that and equip uh, adult leaders and pastors and DCEs to, to be available and to be helpful. And then we'll do everything we can to be helpful while we're down there. We'll come hang out at the KFUO booth for a little bit too. We'd yeah. love to have you hang out and, and visit. Right, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Our guest today, Dr. Peter Nafsker, Associate Professor of Practical Theology and Director of Student Life at Concordia Seminary St. Louis and Theological Advisor for the LCMS Youth Gathering taking place July 9th through the 13th in Houston, Texas. Dr. Nafsker, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks for having me. We'll see you in Houston. Amen. <laughs> You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. 
Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon.